You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. We missed a show yesterday. Uh, so we're going to be jam-packing all four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, and tight ends, all in this episode to get you ready for week eight. Interesting game last night between the Bills and the Bucks. This was the Dalton Kincaid breakout game. All right. What's interesting is that you know the Bucks played some really good tight ends this year, and they held them to modest gains. Uh, not Kincaid. Five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. He was tackled short uh, from getting another touchdown early on in the game. Uh, and this is the upside that we were hoping for you know, with Kincaid. This is why there was hot, that hype early on. We talked about it all during the offseason. Yep. Um, this can be the start of another every week rookie tight end one. Right, We already have one, right? Uh, yep. And now it was Sam Laporta. And now we could be seeing another 85% rap participation in this game, at least stuff. Yeah. And you, and you got to think this could have been a bigger game for him. If Gabe Davis didn't just pull 11 targets out of his ass, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where that came from. Stefan Diggs manager is probably in shambles right now. Cause Khalil Shakir had his big game. And like I mentioned, Gabe Davis got that high target share. You mentioned that route participation for uh, Dalton Kincaid, 85% snap share too. He hit those important benchmarks for utilization here. And, he had the top-notch production to go with it. Usually, I mean, we usually see sometimes we have rookie tight ends come in. They have that high utilization, but it takes a while to get that production moving up with it. This is two straight weeks now where Dalton Kincaid has had very good performances back-to-back. We figured it would be difficult for Kincaid to break out with Dawson Knox taking snaps, but if Kincaid keeps playing like this, like, is there really any reason for Buffalo to turn back over to Knox when he comes back? Obviously, it's just speculation, but for right now, yeah, I agree. It looks like we have an every-week tight end one on our hands potentially moving forward, especially in this offense. I think it was going to happen eventually for Kincaid for him to like kind of take over at some point, but I think this is right. just going to speed it up, right? And if he continues yeah. to get it done, we're going to see this potentially, you know, continue even when uh, Dawson Knox is back from his wrist injury. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs, you mentioned, you know, he had a solid game, nothing too crazy. He had a lot of catches, so in PPR leagues, he came through for the most part. Uh, Gabe Davis came through big time. Okay, uh, Khalil Sh- Shakir also had his best game as a pro. Six catches on six targets for 92 yards. Shakir's rap participation jumped 43%, jumped to 43% in week seven, then it went all the way up to 72%, you know, on Thursday night as their primary slot receiver. This probably also has something to do with Dawson Knox's injury. You know, instead of those two tight end sets that they were running a lot of, now a lot more 11 personnel, uh, which means three wide receiver sets, which is allowing Shakir to be on the field out of the slot. Uh, he's looks like he's taking that role from Deontay Hardy, who had that role initially early on in the year. So Khalil Shakir is someone to keep, uh, you know, keep your mind on when it comes to waivers for next week. I'm not spending a whole lot, but, you know, definitely someone that should be added for the most part. Right. Um, Rashad White is averaging only 11 carries over his last two games. But boy, is he coming through in the receiving game? Seven catches on seven targets last night for 70 yards. The week prior, six catches on, on six targets for 65 yards. This is the Rashad White that we've been waiting for, right? Before the season, we talked about it. You know, this dude has the potential to be an elite receiver out of the backfield. That's exactly what he's shown over these past two weeks. This is how he needs to be used. Again, we talked about it. Not the best runner, but a potentially elite receiver 
keep using him like this. He came through the last two weeks. He was only second behind Christian McCaffrey in route participation coming into this game, right? And that was that's followed by Bijan, Kyron Williams, Travis Etienne. That's according to FantasyLife.com utilizations report. You can go check them out. Um, but and Tony Pollard as well, like right there when it comes to route participation. So these targets had to be coming at some point. I was surprised that they they weren't there, you know, given how many routes he was running. But it seems like there has been a little bit of a, a little bit of a correction there. You know, hopefully, yeah, it, hopefully this is something that continues. With Baker Mayfield at quarterback, I'd say it can. Remember, we talked about it last year. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, he's dumping the ball off to his running backs at one of the highest rates. And this is just continuing that, you know, narrative with Baker Mayfield. And that's just going to benefit Rashad White. He's now had two weeks in a row where he's had six targets. Last night, he looked really good. He had a couple of big plays go for 20 yards, 20 or more yards, that kind of thing. Uh, he's a fancy RB too. You know, that's he, that kind of production is going to get it done for you. We obviously, like you mentioned, weren't expecting the world, but we saw that he could have that receiving upside that would make him fantasy relevant. And that's what he's been able to do these past two weeks. You've seen what happens when he doesn't have that receiving upside. He's not efficient in the run game at all. You can't really count on him to get it done on the ground. But when he has these games here, as long as the Buccaneers keep playing like they're playing, they're playing close, or at least they're competitive in the games where they're not too far out of it, where they just stop trying altogether, but they're close enough that they can keep throwing the ball, checking it down the white. As long as that keeps happening, like turning in 15, 16, 17-point performances, I'm going to take that every single day of the week. Like You can't ignore the fact that he's been beyond inefficient in the ground game, and that's going to make him not necessarily a safe option for you. But putting him in at your RB2, there's a chance you're going to have that upside of six, seven catches in a game, and that's all you can ask for. So I think what we're seeing from here is what we'd like to see ideally the rest of the season. And I think it definitely can happen. Uh, we saw it last night, and like that trend should continue. We saw just once in week two before this one. He's had, he had a couple quiet games. Just keep putting him in your lineup. He's going to continue to get those targets. The usage for James Cook got a little better. He didn't see the targets, but 61% rap participation is way better than the 47% and 43% he's been seeing the last two weeks with Latavius Murray sharing that role. The snacks, the snaps also. I was going to say the snacks. 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 Lo- love snacks. You, you know why I'm saying I'm talking about snacks? Because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. All yeah. the, so, I, you know, listen, man. Intermittent fasting. I, I think I'm done, dude. I can't do it anymore. Okay? <laughs> it's too much. Like, I'm just going to, like, eat breakfast. How's that sound? You're not eating breakfast? It's the most important I meal eat of the day. Nah, you should be eating breakfast. Like, should I? I don't know. Maybe. You, you know, and that's part of the reason why I haven't been working out in the mornings. Like, I've been working out in the afternoons. Because one of the reasons why I haven't worked out in the mornings, no one wants to hear about this, by the way, but it's because I can't <laughs> get that meal in right afterwards, you know what I'm saying, to, like, recharge myself. But um, anyway, yeah. who wants to hear about this? I don't know. Anyway, back to James Cook. Like, I don't know if this is going to stick. Like, his utilization keeps, like, bouncing like a yo-yo. Like, it goes up and down. Like, who knows, man, with, with James right. Cook. So it's like he's going to kind of hover around that, like, low-end RB2 range. Um, but it's, like, it's going to be random, like, whenever he produces. Um, but I feel like we've, like, talked James Cook to death at this point. It, but it's, it's like he's just a volatile low-end RB2. And that's yeah. it. But let's, let's see if yeah. it sticks. I don't know. I, I hope he can. We know in an ideal world what type of workload he should be getting. He should be getting plenty of targets. He should be getting like the Rashad White type workload, and he, he's just not getting that. Right. For some reason, they're mixing in Latavius Murray. It makes no sense. So I, I think James Cook, you hit it on the head. He's a boom bust, pretty much low end RB2, and that boom isn't going to be very high. It, it's going to be relatively limited. So I'm not super psyched about having him in my lineup. If he's my flex, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't have a problem playing him in flex. I think that he's going to give you that flex production you have that you want every single week. But as an RB2, I think that there's a ceiling that he doesn't have that you really would like to chase 
with him, especially yeah. with the workload that he's been getting. Agreed. Agreed. That's a good way to say it. He just doesn't have that ceiling. All right. Moving on to quarterbacks this week. You know the guys you're starting, okay, for the most part. By the way, our full rankings are up at upperhandfantasy.com. Uh, my rankings, Zach's rankings, Tyler's rankings, like separately, individually. And then we also have a consensus rankings as well where it kind of like puts them all together to kind of get you an idea of how we're feeling overall. Um, but you'll see that, you know, <laughs> while we're doing this this episode, you'll see that me and Zach are are – Pretty far apart in a lot of players this week. Um, but yeah. positional rankings, flex rankings, dynasty rankings, rest of season rankings, all of it, upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check that out there. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, they have two of the best matchups this week against Washington and Arizona, respectively. Uh, we could see two big games out of those guys. Patrick Mahomes is in Denver this week. He couldn't put up big numbers against them at home on Thursday night a few weeks ago. Um, I'd imagine he'll, he'll do a little bit more you know, after a full week of prep you know, for them. Um, right. going down our rankings a little bit, I think there are a lot of questions around Joe Burrow and how we handle him at this point. I think this is the point we've been waiting for, right? After the bye, I'd assume he's the best he's going to be in terms of health. This offense badly needed this bye, right? T Higgins is healthy. I think we have to start, you know, putting, you know, being somewhat confident in Joe Burrow, you know, and be able to put him in our lineups at this point, you know, now this isn't the best matchup in the world, but I think he can get it done. Like I have him at six and, you know, I know. We want to see that, you know, from Joe Burrow first before we like really trust him. Well, this is Joe Burrow. Last year, we, you would never sit Joe Burrow, right? He wouldn't yeah. be on your bench, right? His receivers have good matchups. The 49ers have given up the 10th most uh, receiving yards to wide receivers this year. Uh, I think we insert him into our lineups. I don't know why insert, like, insert doesn't sound like a, a really like, you know, family-friendly word. You know what I'm saying? It's a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. What are you, what are you um, suggesting there for us? <laughs> I, 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 all I'm saying is that we insert him into our lineups, okay? And we just let yeah. it rock, okay? They're tied for the seventh most receiving touchdowns given up also, okay? The, the 49ers are. So I, the strength of the Bengals' offense is kind of where the weaknesses for the 49ers' defense is, right, if that makes sense? So I think right. Joe can't come through in this one. Yeah, and he also I'm also considering the fact that the 49ers not only have they not looked really good the past couple of weeks, but they are they're also gonna have Sam Darnold start starting a quarterback. And I don't want to just take away from the fact this is Kyle Shanahan's offense. They're still probably gonna be able to make it work, but I don't think that the Bengals are gonna have any problem winning this game pretty comfortably. You look at what Joe Burrow has done the past two weeks, that he's looked more like himself. Obviously, like you mentioned also coming off that bye. I just don't see a situation where the Bengals like just fizzle out. At this point, because the momentum was already riding with them going into this one. And now the 49ers are on not not necessarily on paper, but what we've seen from the past two weeks tells me that you can get it done against the 49ers defense. And Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, like you mentioned, is going to be back. I think Joe Burrow should be back to form. It also comes down to the other players that are kind of sitting around that same range with him. Just look like CJ Stroud, Trevor Lawrence. I, I like CJ Stroud, but Trevor Lawrence has been really quiet. There's no upside there right now with Trevor Lawrence, the way that he's been scoring. He's been super consistent, but he's a consistent yeah. QB too. And then outside of that, the drop-off is pretty stark. You have Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, you know, these guys that you're not so sure of on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, Kirk Cousins has been a little bit better, but he's been quiet these past couple of weeks. But it's maybe not so much Joe Burrow telling us that he's going to have a good game here as it is just like I'm looking at also when I was doing the rankings like the competition just isn't that good after him it is a pretty steep drop off after these eight nine ten quarterbacks at the top where you're just like I don't really know who else I would really trust you know who I could reasonably say he's going to have a bigger game than Joe Burrow so that's that's kind of my rationale I have him at eight and obviously the consensus has him at eight too you have him at six 
I don't have a problem with him at six. I just think that Joe Burrow, uh, guys ahead of him, Jared Goff, looks pretty good. Yeah. CJ Stroud, you know, he's also coming off the bye, you know, going into Carolina. I like him a lot this week. You know, both Jared Goff and Tua threw three touchdowns apiece right before Carolina's bye. Okay. He has Tank Dell coming back to help him out. Both him and Nico Collins have great matchups. Okay. These are two well rested teams. I, this matchup is kind of interesting to me. There's a, there's a couple of storylines in this matchup, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, especially the running backs, running back situation. Right. Um, are you looking at CJ Stroud as an every week starter? At this point, I feel like he can be. It depends on who you drafted, obviously, at the top. You probably didn't draft C.J. Stroud as your QB1. You probably took him as a QB2 potential upside. But I think you yeah. can't really knock him for that fact. I think that he's worth starting as a QB1 every week, especially if you have a guy, like I just mentioned, Trevor Lawrence sitting there. I, the, you, you have the top five guys at the top that you're definitely starting. But outside of that, like, would I consider C.J. Stroud over Jared Goff? Maybe. I, I don't think that's too far out there to say that. I don't think it would be too far out there to say that C.J. Stroud wouldn't be considered against Joe Burrow, like you just mentioned. Obviously, Joe Burrow has a good matchup, a decent matchup, I should say. But C.J. Stroud, he's done more than enough to tell you that he's going to be a quality fantasy starter moving forward. He's obviously not a rushing quarterback, but he's going to be able to get it done through the air, and he's be he's been able to create some good connections with the weapons that he has, Tank Dell, Nico Collins. So I, I'm all in. I like C.J. Stroud moving forward. I think he's going to be probably sitting around this low QB1 range, high QB2 range the rest of the season. And he's been super consistent, too. He scored at least 10 points every game. So you're not going to go wrong putting him in your lineup. Yeah, and over the last, uh, over the last, I would say, so if you take out week one, his first week as an NFL starter, he was right. a top 10 quarterback uh, for the remainder of that period. If that makes sense. It doesn't because right. I don't know how to talk. Um, <laughs> our our producer, Mike, just uh, just sent a message in our little group chat here saying that you, you need breakfast. Breakfast is a, a very, very important part, a very important meal a day, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, I am on board with like team no breakfast. I don't think it's necessary. OK, you also waste like a little bit of time in the morning when you got shit to do, like to make breakfast, eat breakfast, you know. Got to ramp back into whatever you were doing. I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I, I like when to like just, use that time more productively. Yeah. When we discuss breakfast, does a banana count? Because that's like what I do. You know, I just grab a banana. I don't know if that counts as like a full breakfast. It's just something to eat. I think banana, I think banana counts, man. I think it does. I think it does. All right. Cool. So then I eat breakfast every day. Yep. We're good. Uh, I'm team breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think uh, Sam Howell, you're just talking about rushing quarterbacks. I think he has that potential. To potentially, you know, he has the potential to potentially do it. Yeah. I think I think he has a lot of upside this week against Philly. Um, if that's what you're looking for, I think Howell is the quarterback play for you. If you're looking for that like low end QB one, high end QB two, who could potentially get that done? Uh, I have him at eleven, well above Zach and Tyler this week. He'll probably get sacked like ten times in this game, uh, but he's had a couple of tough matchups uh, recently. Uh, you know, in Atlanta, you know, he threw. Three touchdowns against Atlanta. Tough matchup. Okay. He he played the Giants last week. Tough matchup. He threw for 290 yards in a touchdown. Uh, and also had 40 yards rushing against Philly the last time they played. That was in Philly. He's at home this week. And Philly's given up the eleventh most fantasy points to the position. Um uh, I'm feeling a little rushing touchdown coming from Howell. This week, potentially one of these weeks. He hasn't had one since, you know, early on in the season. I think that's coming. Yeah, it's got to happen. And I think, sorry, what were you going to say? 
I was going to ask you if you think Howell has the type of upside that I'm talking about here. You know, he's a lot lower in your in your rankings, but so I'm just curious to know if like you think that if you're looking for the upside, is he the play? Yeah, is it that much lower to have him at 15? I don't know. I think what I'm seeing you, Where do I think I have you ranked him? Sam Howell. You have him at 11, I think. Yeah, you yeah, have him at 11. Yeah, I do. And I have him at 15. I think you ranked him for the upside that he has. And I ranked him I for did. the, you know, maybe he has that upside, but maybe he also doesn't have that upside because he's dropping back at the highest rate of any quarterback in the league. And that definitely has something to do with the fact that he's getting sacked so many times. That the fact that he's getting sacked so many times has to do with the fact that he's dropping back at the highest rate in the NFL. But what I'm seeing is the passing production has been there. You know, you mentioned that those yardage totals going out there. He's thrown for all these yards. He's has has passing touchdowns too. And outside of that one dud against the Bills in week three, like he's been a very good fantasy quarterback. Um I'm happy starting him. I think he's definitely an upside start. If you had to pick between Sam Howell and Trevor Lawrence, like if you're at a spot where you need to, you know, make a decision here, it's like, okay, we got to shoot for upside. You're, let's see, what are the records right now? We played seven games. You're two and five, three and four. You're thinking, all right, we need to win some games. Maybe you've been riding with Trevor Lawrence. He's only been putting up 12 or 13 points for you, exactly. 15 some points. I think Sam Howell is definitely in consideration there. So I see where you're coming from with the upside. He has that upside 100%. But I'm just kind of tempering my expectations here a little bit. If he's getting sacked at such a high rate, we could see another game like we saw against the Bills because the Eagles come after the passer. They're sacking the quarterback a lot too. So I'm interested to see how that matchup goes. It went well last time, but I don't think that there's anything that would tell you that he doesn't have the type of upside that you're talking about. And that rushing touchdown, it has to come at some point. Like I feel like they're still underutilizing his legs at this point. That's just me. I agree. Because we've seen what he's been able to do. We'll see. It's, this is yet another season where we're waiting for Ron Rivera to get fired, right? And yet another <laughs> season. We're here already. It's like the third before, season in a yeah. row. It's like, oh, is he going to fire or what? What's going to happen? Um, but yeah, I do have him ranked above Trevor Lawrence this week because I, Trevor Lawrence just hasn't shown the upside that we like at the quarterback position. You know, like it just doesn't do it for us. You're starting him every week. I don't know if he's giving you an advantage at all. You know, if anything, no. he's giving you a disadvantage. So. I'm personally going to Howell, you know, with the upside that he gets you, you know, 20, 25 points, you know? So that's me. Um, Let's see. Uh, Before we move on to running backs, if you can, if you guys can do us a huge favor and subscribe or follow us on your podcast app, that would mean the world to us. It would help us out a ton. Uh, And if you really, really want to help a five-star review on your podcast app would be amazing. Okay. So thank you for that. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 